Welcome back to episode 48 of the Shy Sports Weekly Podcast. Wow, did that feel good. Been what, two or three Holy weeks? Holy fuck, since, did that sound good. Since we heard that intro, boys? Kyle needs to change his jeans, dude. What's new? How are we doing? Pepper needs new shorts. <laughs> <laughs> doing a okay, uh, It's good. No, feels good to be back. Ty was just in, uh, in Thailand. <laughs> I was just in Arizona. Max, where were you? South Bend, Mexico, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, you were in Mexico. Podcast. I don't know, but I'm glad you're back and healthy. And uh, Ty, I'm glad you uh, you're back and just alive. And you know, you look you look good. You look you don't look tan at all, though. You look Your like you're uh, shy sports day globetrotters. Did you really go to sports? Thailand? No, or is that a no. Joke? And I would like to clarify that I was I was certainly not in Thailand. I was in uh, California at Yosemite <laughs> National Park, so almost. I was close to Thailand. I was just going to roll it. In heart and spirit. That white room you're sitting in is Thailand, spelled T-Y. <laughs> yeah. Wait, yeah, that's what I meant. I T-Y didn't, land. I didn't need th- people thinking I was getting HJs from Ladyboys in Thailand or anything, you know? Your room is like a green screen, but white. <laughs> <laughs> and you blend right in. <laughs> I'm pasty, dude. Tasty bitch. I'm Jesus a tasty, pasty Christ. bitch, dude. You like to, to hey, sum mi- it up. Mix in a walk out. outside. <laughs> All we me. really missed is uh, is Doug. <laughs> Doug? Oh, uh, shit. How was the... Uh, all right, let's... Th- look, real quick, let's talk a little March Madness. Uh, St. Peter's. Holy That's what fuck. I said. To, to sum it up, all we missed, all we really missed over the last two weeks in coverage is Doug. Oh. Dougie. Dougie Eater. I was going to yep. say Doug Peterson for a second there. Doug Eater. Yeah, mustache Dougie. Uh, so before the tournament started, what was your what were your final four teams? Well, Kentucky, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kentucky, hey, Gonzaga. Nice. But I did get the right half of the bracket right. I had uh, Villanova against Kansas. You did. You had those two. Yep, and then Kansas winning it all. Ty, do who do you have? You didn't fill out the bracket. No, I, I did, and I'm trying to pull it up right now to let you know, dude. I'll, if Kansas I'll, wins it all. I think I'll, I'll come in third in the I'll, bracket pool. <laughs> I'll tell you exactly I had, what it was, dude. I had Gonzaga, UCLA, Iowa, and Arizona. 0 for 4. Crickets. Where'd you, did you have Iowa in your championship? No. I had uh, Arizona win, I had Arizona winning it all. Okay. Maybe if you uh, listen to our Zane Bando interview. <laughs> I, was, yeah, it was. I think yeah, I, it, there's <laughs> a, it's Dan. My bracket is so trash, bro. I think I had Baylor, Gonzaga, and Auburn, Arizona. I mean, that's not like, I mean, yeah, your bracket's trash, but that's not like a like mine was like kind of crazy. Yours yeah, was yeah. actually like, I mean, my, my, there. my buddy's girlfriend had Kentucky versus Iowa in the championship in hers, so her bracket was over within like twenty four hours. <laughs> Hate her that. bracket was over by uh, eight o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> she was in bed by nine. I have to say this. This past weekend of the Sweet 16 kind of sucked. Not going to lie. Under hit for 11 games, or Sweet 16 and Elite Eight, 11 of the 12 games the under hit. The first half under hit, like in all of them, like I just got fucked. It, yeah. it was the worst. Somehow I, I'm, I'm in the green, but I don't know. Talk about an upset. I thought the Sweet 16 games were pretty good, but the Elite Eight games were boring. Uh, or I'm trying to think. Yeah, that Gonzaga Arizona or Gonzaga Houston game kind of sucked. I don't know how Houston was favored in that. That made no sense. But I stayed away. Uh, I t- I I just dipped my balls all over Arkansas plus four and just got them chopped off. Um, 
let's see, Kansas. I had the over, didn't hit. That sucked. And then I had UNC money. I took UNC money line uh, parlay with a NBA game, but the of course NBA I mean game didn't Saint, hit, so. St. Peter's beating Purdue was fun. That was cool. Yeah, uh, made, I mean, I had I also had the over in that game. That was I. I don't Purdue sucks. Purdue is like the worst team ever. How are they like? How are they a three seed? I mean, they have Jaden. They, they shouldn't have been. And that dude, I mean, that, 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 that guy looks like he's never shot in a basketball. Yeah, he he was not good down the stretch. That was ugly performance by him, honestly. Um, and and that dude, what was Zach that guy? Eady, seven foot yeah. four guy. I think he had two rebounds that game. I would beat the fuck out of that guy. He's so <laughs> soft. I'm you not look like, I'm you look like Hasbula standing next to him. I, <laughs> I, yeah, actually, no, he would just hold me. He just put his arm out and just hold my head, and I couldn't reach him. But he is like, I mean, he's the softest person on the planet. He's 7 just, 4, and he doesn't. No excuse for him being the fucking ball. 7 4 and having two rebounds against St. Peter's. It's like. Oh my god! And what didn't Doug Edder or however Doug Edy? How do you say what's Doug's last name? Edder, I think it's Edder. Mustache Dougie. You know, how does he have like the same amount of rebounds? He's only had one sandwich in his life. Yeah, that's actually I kind of like that. I respect that. He loves beat ups though. You respect that, right? Yeah, I actually think sandwiches are very overrated. So I mean, I, I saw that and I thought. No, I'm a, I fuck off. I tie. What's your favorite sandwich? Oh, a salami sandwich, no questions asked, done deal. Wow. With fucking honey that's, mustard, of course, dude. You guys are nuts. That, that, actually, that leads that, that perfectly into our interview later with uh, the owner of the Freezing Cold Takes Twitter page. A salami sandwich is your number one Bro, sandwich. I mean, if I'm making one at home, yeah. If I'm going to Jersey Mike's, it's the fucking Italian all day. Hopefully, you have a Tic Tac handy. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, he does in his pants. Hey, when you look like this, you always got Tic Tacs handy, bro. Trust me. <laughs> but yeah, St. Peter's was I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but both, both <laughs> at the same time. God, Max. St. Peter's was a ticking time bomb. They were. It was a matter of time. They they ran into um, their maker with North Carolina, unfortunately. I mean that. Uh, I mean that last game. Yeah, the North Carolina St. Peter's game. It almost didn't matter who won because whoever played that game or whoever won that game was going to play Duke. And either way, it's like a crazy storyline: Duke versus UNC or yeah. Duke versus yeah. St. Peter's. Um, I, mean, I yeah. just want, I just want Coach K to lose. That's it. That's all I care about. <laughs> the more people that want Coach K to lose, the better he gets. It's like he he's like he a Dragon Ball Z uh, character or something like he gains power when uh and I for the record oh, I never watched Dragon Ball Z but I was going to say I was well yeah hear about how about an accurate reference here he's uh <laughs> he's <laughs> he's Voldemort and he and he lives on unicorn blood but instead of unicorn blood he lives on people hating him yeah <laughs> not even sure if that's accurate but I'll agree with that yeah you know I, I watched one Harry Potter this weekend pretty high and I thought that made sense but as I said it I'd <laughs> It sounded very wrong, so I'm oh. not sure. So we have a blue blood final four: North Carolina, Duke, and Kansas Villanova. I think the Is lines Villanova open. Blue blood? I mean, all the teams are blue, so I'm just gonna say, yeah, sure. Oh, fuck, you got me there. That's a good one. Uh, so I, I think the lines open at Duke minus four and a half and Kansas minus four. I'm looking right now. Hold on. Um. Yeah. I think I like the favorites there. Opposite Duke minus four, Kansas minus four and a half. Okay. But yeah. Um, all right, here, real quick, speed round. Let's do predictions. Our uh, picks. Max, go ahead. I'm going to say just go. K- 
Kansas do, Kansas wins it all. No, I meant like like betting picks, but yeah, that's good. Oh, uh, then I would take Duke. Um, you said you like both game. favorites, so you already you already predicted. You're good. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm going over uh, Villanova, Kansas. I think Kansas is gonna win, and they're gonna force Villanova to score. Are you Hi. Are you looking at what the final four games right now? Yeah, I was just, yeah. I was gonna go with the same teams Max had, but I got I got Duke winning it all just because it seems like the fucking of thing course that'll you happen. You know, I feel like everything I want to happen, Ty wants the exact opposite to happen. Hey, who, who had better who who had a better record betting on football? Was it you? I can't remember. We tied. Oh, we tied. We? Oh shit! It was so long ago, no one even remembers. I don't, no, no we remember. Ever, we remember. We have to chug a gallon of milk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll never. Easy forget. there. Never. All right, forget. number forty-eight. Yeah, let's get here. Let's get in the 48s. Then we'll jump in the Fred because I feel like we're getting long here. We already recorded Fred. He's a nice, nice interview. Great interview. Phenomenal guy. Loves the Marlins. If you don't like the 0-3 season, you might want to skip a little bit of that because, you know, he kind of just uh, <laughs> danced on our grave. So that kind of sucked. But let's get in the number 48s. I'm starting. I'm going Patrick Scales. Thank God. Uh, Joe Borowski. Oh, you. <laughs> I thought for sure you were going to ruin my night. Joe Borowski and I have the same birthday. Do you? Damn, yep. I didn't even. So I have those. I have Cubs by the numbers pulled up. I didn't even get that. I got to like Ryan O'Malley, and I was like, hey, that's enough. And I was six. <laughs> that's enough. Scott Williamson, Joe Borowski. We should just do Cubs number 48. Andy Pafko. Jumbo Joe Borowski. Andrew Kashner. Ty, if you can name the person that the Cubs acquired in the trade for Andrew Kashner, I will chug a gallon of milk. What nope. position and what team did he come from? <laughs> I'll tell you, he came from the Padres, but you can't look it up. And what's his name? I don't know, I don't <laughs> his name's my, Anthony my phone's Rizzo. Right here. My phone's over here. <laughs> oh, was Andrew Kashner? Andrew Kashner. Did you? Is it actually Anthony Rizzo? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I would have and never got his, there. Yeah, I'm pulled out his, his notepad. He was going to start doing. <laughs> I don't. Somebody's got to take notes of this damn episode, and <laughs> he was going to start doing on. some long division, and hope he came up with his answer. <laughs> yeah. Hold on, he got traded on what day? <laughs> yeah. Let me see here. Oh, that was Rizzo. Spell his name. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, I'm going to go Gwynn. local kid on the Blackhawks. Vinny Henestrosa, 48. Jersey Jerry does the signs. We have the Psalms. Yeah, yeah I, the I Psalms. love the Jersey Jerry signs. By the way, fucking, it's the best. Amazing. We need to just do like a, a three minute rant every episode of, of Vinny Henestrosa going off. Yeah, Vinny Henestrosa. He was number 48. Um, f- funny story about Vinny Henestrosa. He went to Bartlett High School. And he knocked and, the fuck out of you, didn't he? Yeah, he did. They're in our conference. Um, so, like, freshman year of football, I think I was playing safety and he was playing tight end. I'm going to tackle a running back on the sideline and he, and I'm just not looking. And he, I'm running on a direct line to the running back. He drills me in the shoulder pad and my feet go flying up in the air and I landed on my back. I specifically remember looking up and a kid on our team comes and helps me up. He's like, dude, you just got knocked the fuck out by Vinny. So that's my Vinny and Estrosa story. You think if you message him and be like, you remember that kid you almost killed in a football game in high school? Yeah, that's no. me. You want to come on our podcast? No, he's probably leveled hundreds nope. of other guys since then. No, because he as as we're talking, he's legitimately playing a hockey game at the United Center. <laughs> could have been he's us. He's on dude. the Sabres play, playing against no, it could not have been us. No, in no way, shape, or form could that have been us. Um I'm gonna go 
Esteban Luiza on the White Sox, but only in 2008. Are you just going to keep going? Just like skipping my turn? Or? I, I mean, if you're, if you're going to go, go. All right. Nazi Muhammad, the only bull to ever wear number 48. Nazi Muhammad. Yep. What team are we missing now? Bulls, uh, Blackhawks. I said Patrick White. Or Patrick White Sox. Oh, Patrick Scales. scales. Okay. Let's just do more Cubs. I think we touched them all. Who did uh, Nazi Muhammad um, uh, push in, in the playoffs? Was it not LeBron? I think it was LeBron, right? I'm assuming it was LeBron. I yeah, hope it was LeBron. Right. By the way, I posted right, a. Right. How about that? I posted a clip today of or yesterday of Kirk Heinrich kind of like tackling LeBron. LeBron is such a bitch. <laughs> That's all. It's. That's all you need I, to say. I haven't said it in a while. He's a bitch. Yeah. Um, here, real quick, let's just go through number 48s on the Cubs specifically. Pierce Johnson, former Rick Russell. Nice. Name. Uh, Ryan O'Malley. How about how about Ryan O'Malley? Sorry, you remember him? No, I know you don't. No, you're I don't. Your I'm head, nodding like, my head. Yes. You're shaking your head. Yep. Like shut, Kyle, shut the fuck up. Uh, he made one spot start, two career appearances, one spot start in 06, eight innings, one strikeout, two hits, no runs, not a big deal, and then made like one other start, got shelled, never pitched again in the bigs. More so, impressive that he threw an eight inning shutout with one strikeout. So. Yeah. It's crazy. A kid I went to high school with wrote a book. You might have heard of it. It's called The uh, Cup of Coffee Club or something. I haven't heard of it. Um, <laughs> you don't even know the name of it. I, f- I forgot. It's been a while. Uh, but it's a book about dudes who only played one game in the MLB. There was like a handful. You might have heard of it. And he interviewed. Well, it's kind of a big sports book, quite frankly. You don't know the damn name of it. <laughs> well, that's because I'm a fucking moron, dude. Look at me. What do you expect me? You think I've ever uh, read a book in my life? Get get real, dude. I didn't know you could read. I can't. It's impressive. Talk I'm about an upset. <laughs> Talk about an upset. All right. All you, right. Got any, you got anything else there, Maxie? Yeah. Neil Cotts to close it out. Oh, yeah. Neil Cotts. Uh, uh, was he 48 on the south side, too? No, just the Cubs. I'm trying to think if there's any other good ones here. Rafael Delis. He's actually kind of good now. Oh uh, yeah, that's it. All right, let's let's jump into the uh, the freezing cold takes, old takes exposed interview. It's a great one. It's a long one, so buckle in, enjoy, and go Cubs. All right, everyone, we have a very very special guest here. We have the mastermind behind old takes exposed and this day in sports clips, Mr. Fred. Se- Is it Siegel? How do you pronounce your last name? Siegel. 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 Fred, how are we doing? Good. Very good. Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for coming on. So we, I mean, obviously you're, we could, we could go to both accounts. You have two massive accounts that you, you run, but your freezing cold takes account. We got to ask, like, how did, how did you come up with that idea? That's like, a, I mean, it's, you have over half a million followers. It's phenomenal. How did you even come up with that idea? Well, the idea itself is not necessarily, a, um, you know, genius and creativity, but uh, it was like five or six years ago, six years ago, probably. Um, and you know, Twitter was really starting to blow up, probably already had. And people would like to pat, people, reporters always patting themselves on the back about different uh, things that they said that were right. And just like, just like I said yesterday, this happened. Retweet their own tweet. But I always remember those same reporters who said something was ridiculous and um, they don't talk about that. So I just decided to, I was going to post those. And yeah, it's, 
um, it got right away. People started really taking into it, and it's you know the, the amount of help I would get from people to to find certain posts about people who said stuff wrong was it was it was a great help, and it really kind of took its own life pretty quickly. Yeah, it's honestly the perfect concept because you're really just recycling old old tweets, <laughs> and uh, right exactly right, right, right. what your title says. You're exposing people, and it's it's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. It's just it, now it's kind of like a. It's more than you have to think about which ones to use. I'm getting suggestions from everybody a day, a gazillion of them, and people will send me one. That's really good, but I already did like three on that topic. You know, it's it's kind of you got to do it in the right way, or else it'll people will. It, it, you're just beating the same drum over and over about the various different topics. It starts to get a little bit more strategic after after a while. It did because I was getting more and more good suggestions. Fred, what made you want to do this? Like, how, like I, it's I'm assuming this is kind of time consuming to do, but like, what made you when you first started? What made you want to do this? Um, it, I was just I did it for fun. I did it for fun. I just wanted to mess with the reporters, the journalists. I was like a troll kind of thing because they were they were always talking about how they got everything right, so at least only bringing up the ones they got right. So yeah, was there was there anyone? Anyone specific that you're trying to keep honest, or is there anyone that you feel like pops up more on your retweets than than most other people? Is there someone that gets exposed often? And why is it Darren Ravel? <laughs> no, he's not actually. He's a, he doesn't really get. Because he, I mean, he doesn't really make any forward. He doesn't make any sports predictions or like forward thinking, like uh, like a more of a predictive thing. Like he doesn't think this team's going to win. Mm-hmm. Right. He just says analysis that. A lot of people disagree with maybe, but that's really more subjective. Yeah. Uh, so, um, no, well, you know, the teams that I like, my team, you, you kind of focus on, you remember when someone, especially a national reporter or national TV personality says something about your team. Mm-hmm. You oh, always yeah. remember that. Like, you know, a week later, that same person who's done three hours of TV a day probably doesn't remember he even said it. But the yeah. fans of that team will remember it forever. So that's like the type of things I would remember when I started doing it. The feet. Because I would remember stuff like that. And that's how I started thinking about this stuff. But then you start getting that teams of every type of team and every type of sport for sending me their stuff. Because of that, they're remembering what they said, like Iowa basketball or something. Uh, some guy from ESPN said they, they were going to have a bad year once on TV. That have, those guys remember that. No one else does. That's the best. They sent it to me. Yeah, so that, that's the type of thing that I would that really caught, got me to start doing it. I mean, I've been trying to troll. I've been coming up with troll feeds for a while, messing with people. Yeah, at that time, because the Twitter felt I felt that it was a fun place to do that, mm-hmm. and I had been doing it for a long time. I had a spell check one, but they were very, <laughs> very, 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 very at the beginning. They were very, they would suspend me. But that's why I wanted to ask. Like, different the- rules. 
Yeah. In the beginning, how did you find all this? Like there were, cause now I'm you, like you mentioned earlier, people are tagging you all the time. And you know, if like, yes, I was re- going through the timeline, like at halftime of the Kansas Miami game, I mean, a ton of people were saying like Kansas is fucked and they like, they suck. There's no shot. They have a chance. And then obviously they mm-hmm. outscore Miami by 32 in the second half. You get tagged in a million tweets. It's, you know, people are essentially not doing your job for you, but they're making it easier. When you first started, I mean, I'm assuming people weren't tagging you in tweets all the time. Were you no, just God, manually no. searching? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was manually searching um, because the search function on Twitter I was a lawyer at the time. I practiced in lawyer at the time, but I went to law school and everything. And one of the things you learn in law school pretty quickly is how to search for case law on various different forms of uh, platforms that they have for case law research. And you learn like search terms and and different ways to do it. And um, the, the search terms on Twitter are very similar. Mm-hmm. And what you do is like, so if a coach is hired, if a coach gets fired, um, all you have to do is like go to Wikipedia or something and look up the coach and then it'll tell you the exact day he was hired. So then you just look up the coach's name and then put it tweets from uh, tweets from the day he was hired and then a couple of days after. That's fucking brilliant. And then you just see all the different comments. Now that was before they had the quote tweet yeah. function where you could go do the quote tweet. Now it's even more strategic. Like, um, so when it, when when a great big announcement comes, uh, just like the, the Chiefs are trading their pick, the Chiefs are trading up to ten and picking Mahomes like the first break uh, uh, Schefter or Rappaport or something. That gets like so much engagement. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, all you do is now you can just press the quote tweet thing, scroll through those, but those aren't going to, those are going to be like commenting on a tweet that's already there. So there's like terrible moves. Those don't come up and just searching for Mahomes. Yeah, you know, let me search well. So those are even like those. You look for those too. Uh, those type of things. Josh Allen, the, the the Bills are trading trading. I think the Bills traded up to get Allen. <laughs> um, that oh one. yeah, I'm sure there was a million for him. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them for him. Um, they picked the wrong Josh. If you pick, if you go to if you go to that date of that draft and you say wrong Josh, I mean, just gonna be like. Because Josh Rosen too. Josh Rosen was better, yeah. <laughs> uh, you got a lot of those, right? right. But th- that's different strategic type of, of maneuvers. But during games, I have I mean, since the bookmark thing came out like four years ago, five years ago, um, and I used to do this during games, but it was harder. I put it into an email draft. But anytime a game starts out where a team goes on a big run or anything, especially college football, like. You know, Alabama drives right down the field and scores in like the playoff or something in the first drive. And right then and there, people are going to say, this is going to be a blowout, you know? So right then I just start bookmarking all those when I see them. Um, the Kansas game, 
was kind of like that, but it wasn't, they weren't as many people, uh, especially like, you know, the ones with the blue checks, which is the ones I always go for, because you could, do, if I just went for Brandon fans, I, it would be the easiest thing in the world. I mean, there's a thousand gold takes on every topic for Brandon fans. Yeah, there's a thousand memes but, out uh, there, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, so I just put that in my bookmarks right away, immediately. In any game, it's big and everyone's watching. If oh, yeah, so I'm sure you have to... Read, I'm automatically bookmarking all these tweets, like, right away. And then, in, just in case. Um, there's a comeback, and then in that case, it happened the other day. I can tell you when it happened. Um, in the North Carolina basketball game, in against the Baylor, Sweet Six, I think it was the Sweet Sixteen against Baylor. Was it was it the lead, it was the the second round? The round of thirty two. Yeah. yeah, yeah, against Baylor when it hit with a second it hit overtime. Uh, there were people, um. I like it. It was like there's like principles that you follow, like that they threw out one of the they threw out North Carolina's best player. The second they did that, it started to go south. It was kind of like a controversial thing. Mm-hmm. So I did. I didn't think it would be cool to post that all these people talking about North Carolina was going to win, and they did. They were doing it before that player got thrown out and everything turned south. But um, but at overtime. Everyone, that's it. North Carolina is done. There's no way to come back from this. Yeah, I mean, at, at over and when overtime started, I absolutely hammered Baylor. So yeah, I got yeah, fucked by yeah. them too. Yeah, everybody was doing that. Like I pressed bookmarks with so many. So then, like the second the game was over, you just post that. Like you post like a, you go to your bookmarks and you just have five straight. You take a screenshot of that and then just post it. I so I will you're, say you're watching the game. Yeah. No, Fred. I will say like when when I see you like in that situation, if I had North, if I bet North Carolina and they came back like in overtime, obviously when, and then I see you retweeting all these people are like Baylor's Baylor's a lock right now. Like as overtime started, I absolutely, I feed into that troll and I just like every single one. I'm like, yep. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah, you're cool. Fuck you. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You used to be, I used to use the like a lot to put, to get those, uh, to get those, save those, save those ones. But it, then people thought I actually liked it, you know? Um, yeah. So that's, that's, the, it's all that kind of stuff. But um, I find people say they find out news from me. They see the opposite of whatever happened. I mean, I do. I find, <laughs> out, news I do. I find out news from people. Like I, I had to do something or, you know, just hang out and do something with my kids go back to my phone and I see all these tags to something. I'm like, what happened? Uh, it's that type of thing. Yeah. You know, uh, what, there was big news. About it. There was, there was big news the other day. I mean, like whatever the big news was recently, there's been a lot of big news recently. I think maybe Watson, Watson was one of them. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Stuff like that. I, that's, I definitely found out from going back to my phone. And not knowing, mm-hmm. and everyone's texting me all these different things, and um, so that, that's one of them, yeah, stuff like that. But I get tagged every a gazillion times, too, uh, a thousand times the exact same thing. So now, is it just you that runs this account, or is it do you have a team? Like, are you on every weekend all the time, or is it just like it's just whenever you're 
you're free. You just hop on Twitter and just troll. That's only me. I love that. I'm the only one who's, only one who's ever run it. People one think man show. Team, but there's not. Um, Welcome to the show. Yeah, all, but I get I get so much stuff. It's, it could be. I mean, I get to the point where I have to reply to different ones and say like, "Thanks for the tag." People see it under it. They don't tag me anymore. Yeah. Get reply to the same thing. Like, that's re- really bad ones when a person, like, what's his name? Dave Roberts said, Oh, we're going to win the World Series, like, harmlessly. Well, yeah. How many tags did you get for that? I was going to say that's well, a good one the, to say. It's the worst because every single, it's not just like every single outlet, big account, you. posts it mm-hmm. with yeah. one of those big images with the quote and I get tagged a thousand times to each one. <laughs> so it's like six times as many. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But when the Dodgers don't, when they lose in like the NLDS this year, you're just going to have an absolute field day with that done. But you, you say that, but I'm not really going to have a field day. I'm just going to post that one quote once. Yeah. It's just one tweet. You see, I guess. Yeah. I'm going to have a field day. And then like, <laughs> and then I'm going to get tagged all the other ones. <laughs> yeah, I guess actually I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, feel, um, I guess field day would be more of like you know team loses, they're supposed to win. Uh, and then I could have various different posts. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so that kind of stuff. Was there a specific? Uh, Go ahead, Max. I was just gonna say. So you have to be interacting with pretty polarizing group of people like there's probably people most people out there probably love you because you're exposing uh mm-hmm. these analysts with the blue check marks and stuff but the people who you're digging up these old tweets from probably aren't too too fond have you ever had like a a tough interaction with anyone or anything like that probably not but i mean when they see you when they see the grim reaper coming to retweet their old tweets they they can't, the they can't feel too good they, what they don't like the most is getting tagged like whenever they say anything predictive even remotely predictive they i get tagged under it a bunch of times <laughs> that that's what they don't like the most that they hate that more than getting their tweet retweeted um is there a certain person that you just don't like you just stay away from that you don't expose like i've seen you like with us not that it's like they're they get pissed but i'm like on twitter big cats always just just kind of like fucking around on there. So he's, it's not like everything he, tw- like with Duke, it's like tongue in cheek. You have to, you have to kind of put, you have to kind of feel it out and see like any type of, if they're serious or not. Sometimes it just gets to be so many um, tags about it that I'm going to do it anyway. Cause just to, you know, like just to get it to stop. Yeah. But those those guys are pretty. Those guys cause me a little bit of, of a. Those guys are pretty big nuisances to me because they do that all day long with the shtick, but nobody figures it out. Portnoy is probably the worst one with that because every day posts like five posts a day about how Michigan's amazing and all this stuff, and <laughs> we're going to win by a gazillion points. Like, and everybody knows it's just like part of his thing. You know, it's not really serious. Not everybody knows, obviously, but then there's every like there's like thousands of people who don't know that tag me. So, <laughs> so I'll usually retweet one of them after the game, but I don't really go that all in on it because we all know. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, you could tell you could tell sometimes with the big cats semi-serious. 
um, maybe maybe not serious. Maybe he maybe he posts something and maybe he says it in grand hyperbole. Mm-hmm. But the the thought the, the the thought of like the thought of what he believes is kind of in there. So then I'll use that too. Yeah. Yeah. Is there uh is there a certain on the opposite on is there a certain person that you just like can't wait to expose? No, well, no, because um, Skip Bayless sounds like he'd be a fun one to expose. Alan Coward. Skip yeah, Bayless, Bayless, yeah, he's probably Bayless, the best. Uh, Bayless is a lot like does a lot of things like well, first of all, you're gonna used to question the sincerity of anything he posts, but he does a lot of stuff like Big Cat. Like he does, he does this reverse jinx shtick every game LeBron plays. So like if LeBron's winning in the first half, he goes, "Oh, this game's over. LeBron definitely will win this." You know, like all this stuff. <laughs> and he doesn't want LeBron to win. It's a reverse jinx uh, attempt. And I would tag if if LeBron doesn't win, and that's what Skip wanted. I don't really use him that much. It's too simple. Yeah, it's like fishing with dynamite. Not, it's just not, you know. I don't. Mm-hmm. I just say it, it, it's it's people say I should use it a lot, but those same people would get annoyed if I post and skip every day. Yeah. Um, Cowherd's Coward, Coward's show and his all of his content on the radio and TV is probably the most publicized i mean like the most clips of his show more than anything are all over the place so that's a disadvantage to him in terms of what i do but it's probably an advantage to him because that's why they do it because they don't care exactly doesn't care he doesn't care they just want to throw him out there have him get a polarizing personality but so I have a lot yeah, of throw shit at the wall until it sticks. Yeah, yeah it makes you, complete you search, sense. You could search for Colin stuff all the time because it's all clipped in. I'm sure there's a radio show host in Houston, a radio show host in Chicago is spewing shit all over the place. But his clips are, or quotes aren't just posted all day long by the by the producers of his show or the network. So he doesn't, he's not going to be able to, I'm not going to be able to get him unless I watch his show all day. Yeah, and like who has the time to, you know, watch every second of Colin Coward or Skip Bayless? Like you're, you're one man, you're literally a one man show. You can't do all of this. Nobody can do it. And <laughs> if you did that, I mean, if there was somebody watching and listening to all these shows, I mean, like the, the contradictions would be all over the place because they contradict themselves all the time. Colin doesn't, guy like Colin Cowherd, he doesn't care one bit. He starts a, a, a different slate every day, clean slate, which means like he doesn't even think about anything he said in the past. Yeah. He's he become, I feel like he's becoming more self-aware. Don't you? A little bit. Like, well, he's making fun of himself. Yeah. More. People make fun of him about how he loves USC, so he kind of does that himself now. He's getting more and more into making fun of himself, right? Or he'll be here. He does a lot of the same jokes. Um, you know, like if he got one dead wrong, he'll say, I called it. I called it with this team. I knew it. Yeah. When they win, you know, something like that. Right. Yeah. Fred, is there, is there a, uh, a pat, an event that happened? I'll say pre Twitter 
that you wish Twitter was around for that you could have just had an absolute field day for? Have you ever thought about well, that? I, well, the best one I can think of is the like, um, is the ALCS from two thousand four. Yeah. Oh. Um, God, that right. that would have been perfect. The three and zero baseball yeah. baseball series and baseball and basketball series playoffs are really really good for like aggregation because they last for weeks or days at a time and you can you have days to search up the stuff and in baseball you have like hour you have like so much time in between plays to even you know go so slowly Mm -hmm. to, to figure it out so that one would be good um, the an LCS 2003 with the Marlins. And the oh, Cubs. Hey, easy there. You're talking to I'm two Cubs fan. Assault. Oh, oh, you're a Marlins fan? Fuck. You just yeah, yeah. I grew up, I grew up with the Marlins. I grew up 15 minutes from the stadium. You're our Greatest daddy. Ever. We used you're to, our daddy. We used to we used to buy four dollar seats for the upper deck. We'd go down to like the third row behind the home plate because there was like two thousand people there for thirty thousand stadium if you go past the second inning you didn't even have to pay for parking that's how it was for florida marlins at that time but not that season um and i went to four playoff games that year and a world series game um but uh yeah that game was would have been great uh that series would have been great but it was 3-1 um we know you know (laughs) the game before the I went to the game before it was hot at balls before the Bartman game, which was a Beckett two hit shutout game. And Zambrano, yeah, saved us. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a great game. Unfortunately, um, I, we we know this all too well, and you're just pouring <laughs> salt in the wound for us. <laughs> it's like, you're literally just pissing on our grave. It's okay. No, go ahead. That season for the Marlins, it was just a typical run of the mill. Uh, no one cared season. You know, These are all suppressed memories that we need to talk about at some yeah, point. It's like a therapy I, session. I think it was yeah. May or June. I think it was May or June. We fired. We had a our manager was fucking. I even the guy who used to manage the Expos or whatever. Um, Wait, so that season the Marlins, Jack McKean or is it Jack McKean? Right? Wasn't that yeah, the manager? We fired. I said, no, he no, he wasn't the manager. And we fired some. Who was the manager before Jack McKeon that same season? God, we hated him. Um, Jeff Torborg. Jeff Torborg. He was so Holy he fuck! Was I had no idea. We were just so stupid. We, we, just, we, were, we were headed towards a standard Marlins season. Sixteen and twenty-two with Jeff Torborg, and seventy-five and forty-nine yeah, with Jack McKeon. What a we turnaround! Fired, we fired Torborg. Was in May or so. And he was okay, yeah. fine, whatever. Then we hired Trader Jack McKeon. We didn't care. I mean, like, we didn't think it was going to be a, anything. Um, but it turned around. But we we knew we had a good team because I didn't realize they had, had a coaching team. change midseason. That's a nice uh, people forget thing right there. Yeah. Or people just didn't know. <laughs> right. Yeah. We knew we had a good team. But, uh, um, but you know, we never thought that we thought it was the same bullshit. You know, uh, because we we had sold off all, all of our players after 1998, and it was finally coming into fruition. A lot of these guys were really finally coming into fruition. Um, and we got Miguel Cabrera that season. Miguel Cabrera, what did we didn't even play him until mid season? 
He it's was a, huge, Brad. He was 20 lo- years old. I'm looking at the Marlins just overall. Like they're the most wins they've ever had in a season is they've won 90 games twice, over 90 games twice in both years. They won the World Series. They won 92 and 91 games. They've been in the playoffs, yeah. what, three times? They've won yeah. the World Series twice. They beat the Cubs yeah. twice. Yeah, we were in the we made the playoffs that stupid year with the 2020, yeah. It was the 2020 year. But the but the uh um boss the the the, the 97 year it was the year we bought all the players to win the World Series specifically. And I don't think we think we won the division. Um no. but we did win the World Series. Yeah. And uh 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 the the year the two thousand the two thousand three team was really good, but it, it was just like the, the Miguel Cabrera was huge, huge. Um, he was twenty, and we were we had him at third base maybe. Yeah, a lot of the season, and then we moved into right field. We well, he, our, yeah, because he played left field. Because then Mike, wasn't Mike yeah, Lowell at third? Mike Lowell, Jeff Conine was in left field. The maybe yeah maybe Maggie wasn't right because Derek Lee Jesus right. Christ I, I you're, this is just. Mike Lowell was the third. <laughs> we, had, we had Pudge Rodriguez at catcher. It was the one time, one year we played for he played for us. Juan Pierre in center. Yeah. Luis Castillo yeah. at second. Who was the shortstop? Was it the other Alex Gonzalez? It was the other Alex, Alex Gonzalez. Aegon. Oh, motherfucker. You guys had the good Alex Gonzalez. No, no you guys, wasn't it the Juan Encarnacion? the one that killed you guys. Juan yeah. Encarnacion, uh, was he, he was, Juan Pierre was, we had Luis Castillo leading off. And Juan Pierre batting second, or it could have been the other way around. Um, Juan Pierre let off, yeah. Derek Lee was our first baseman. We got him in the trade. In in the, uh, I think we traded Sheffield to San Diego. Mm-hmm. There's one thing we could all Lee. agree on on this call is that Derek Lee was the man. Yeah, he was better <laughs> for you guys. He was, he was. Still solid. He was still solid for us. He was a great fielding first baseman. I remember, and um, uh, uh, yeah, Juan Pierre. Had the worst arm center fielder, but but we had we had Carl Pavano in the rotation, Mark Redman, um, Josh Beckett, D Train, Dontrell. Dontrell was another one who came on in the middle of the year. All these guys came on midseason. Dontrell uh, was a former Cubs farmhand, actually. Yeah, drafted by the Cubs. He didn't. He that was his rookie year, maybe I think. Yeah. He did not play. He did not. No one even knew who he was until midseason. And uh, um, what's it called? That guy for and and Miguel Cabrera came on, and um, we also had uh, we bought or we guessed Urbina, who blew so many games in the playoffs that people don't realize. And we had Rob Nen, got moved to the setup guy. He was our closer for a long time. So. Uh, um, Oh, no, no, it wasn't Rob Nen. It was I'm, looking, I'm looking at the roster. I don't see it was Rob Braden Looper. Braden Looper. Braden Looper. He was. I'm looking at the roster beforehand. He There's was a guy before that, and then um, we had Chad Fox, former Cub. Uh, he was. I think right, Max. Guy. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. Made it in guy. Um, Nate Bump. I have that guy. I have no idea who he is. I have his autograph though. I swear to God, the five I... players in the rotation: Pavano, Beckett, Redmond. Uh, Brad Penny. Uh, Brad Penny. That was and AJ Burnett. And AJ Burnett. Fuck, that's a no, squad no, and Burnett a half. After. What, was AJ Burnett on that team? Yeah. He was. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Brad Penny. Yeah. Brad Penny was great. Game one, I think it was a little too. Yeah. And um, uh, 
no, but Mark Redman was the, Mark Redman was our worst pitcher. And he had to pitch game seven. And Terry Wood hit a three-run homer. Oh, my God. That was electric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we thought we were done. I think that was the craziest I've ever seen Wrigley Field. Yeah, yeah. Redmond. And Redmond also lost game four, I think it was. Or game three. First game in Miami in that series. Um, game two he lost. Yeah, game – no, game three he did. It was the first game Miami. It was the first two games were in Chicago. Game one – Lowell hit a home run straightaway center into the basket, I think, right? Yeah, into the basket. And um, you're right, Brad Penny lost uh, game two, and then yeah. Redmond pitched game three. Yeah, yeah. Um, we know our stuff, Red. This this was the sweet spot of our childhood, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you said Derek Lee was better for us. He he played he much better, won zero playoff games in like 11 years for us or nine years, <laughs> however. Oh, and six. Yeah, well, at least he had. At least he was able to experience it at the uh, with um, with Trader Jack, you know. Yeah. Um, we 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 get there being a blue game, one of the World Series, and then, but but we still won the game because or game three of the World Series, the first game in Miami, because uh, he blew it and we tied the game. And they tied the game in the bottom of the ninth. The top of the ninth, and then Alex Gonzalez hit like a home run. Like that was like three hundred thirty feet. To win the game, walk off. This, your memory is like you're like fucking Rain Man. Oh man, we love. We, <laughs> All right, what what inning was it? Let's see if you know that. What inning was it? It was like 13th, maybe. 12th, the 12th. Uh, <laughs> we, Alex Gonzalez, the shortstop, and he wasn't that great of a hitter. Um, no, he was a great, great shortstop, and he hit. Yeah, he hit that home run, and um, but but Urbina blew that game. He blew the game against the Giants when we, we walked off on Jeff Conine throwing out J.T. Snow at home to beat them 3-1 in the division series. And that was another game for being a blue. So, like, Ooh, I, I never blue. even realized that, that he blew yeah. uh, that he blew game – was that game four? Well, he didn't yeah. blow the game. He was about to blow it. He got lucky that we threw out of at home. It was like a very, very shoddy save. <laughs> Well, I'm gonna look it up what his ERA was in that. Uh, Do we think Josh Beckett had the uh, beer and fried chicken going on in that rotation too? Oh my God, Josh Beckett was so good that World Series. He did have a bad game, maybe against the Giants game one. He was our base by the end of the year, but Josh Beckett was a guy that we picked in the draft, and it was the second pick overall in the draft, I believe. He was a stud from the day we got him. But he never really came into fruition yet um, until that time. And he never really was able to duplicate it afterwards because he kept getting all these blisters. Didn't, uh, didn't Ugath Urbina get arrested for something? Yeah, he went to jail for years in Venezuela. Is but he still he, in jail? Uh, I don't know, but he but there was, there was an amazing article about how much he yelled his money so he was able to buy himself like the greatest jail. Like He had like this his own cell with like a great TV and all this, all this shit. Like they showed this video tape for his cell. It was like the coolest thing. He probably didn't want to leave jail. Here's a quick trivia question for you on Josh Beckett. How many 200 strikeout seasons did he have? I don't know how many. Zero. <laughs> like how many seasons did he pitch the whole season? So let's see. He always had blisters. 
Yeah. You know, he need to do the Moise Salu method and start peeing on his hands. Get that tough acting to acting on his skin. <laughs> Moise, Moise Salu was, was, was one of the guys we bought in 97. Yeah. And, geez, yeah. Like, the Cubs and Marlins were just like swapping players. A little key yeah, party down there. Yeah. We was, bought so many guys for that World Series. I mean, like, it was just, uh, we also had a great staff already. We had Kevin Brown from Milwaukee. We had already traded for him years before. Uh, um, Al Leiter, he had him. So, um, but uh, that's yeah. crazy. Uh, uh, Fred, real quick before we let's let's jump wait, into the starting. We probably have to cut this part out. No, no, you're good. No, we're, we're, gonna, we're definitely we're, leaving this in. Trust me, we're uh, keeping yeah. all this in here. Hey, People by the way, I, I wanted this. to drop that Scott there, Olson. There, that there you're are so- no, there are very few Marlins fans the way we were Marlins fans. No, I love it. Even the people, even the people who came on board for that 2003 World Series, just because, were didn't know any of the players in the team. Really. Um, Jump on the bandwagon. Who gives a fuck? Very, very niche. It was a very niche thing. There was nobody cared about the ball. No, I, I love that. Just to show, yeah. you, show you how deep in the weeds we get, one of the most name drop players on our podcast is probably Mark Bellhorn. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, yeah. I mean, we remember Ryan. I remember Ryan Dempster. He started off on the Marlins in '98. I remember him telling a story about how oh, like yeah, in '98 he, he got just they would get their you know dicks kicked off like every game. They just sucked. Oh yeah, the '98 Marlins was the worst team I've ever seen because we had just sold off. We decided we were going to sell off. We won the World Series and we got rid of every single good player we had, and then lost 108 games the next year. Yeah, we lost. We, we got rid of every good player we had. And then um, we had to rebuild. The trades we made actually were good. In 2003, after we won the World Series, they weren't as good. Um, after we started trading all the guys. Uh, um, yeah, it was a look in here. And the Miguel Cabrera trade was the worst. That, that really killed us. because We knew we were going to end up trading him. And we traded him in maybe like 06, I think it was, possibly. Yeah, after and, in the 06 um, offseason going into 07, yeah. yeah. And, and we and we, we got nothing out of it. No. You got Cameron Cam Maven. He stunk. <laughs> um, we got, he stunk. stunk. And we also got that pitcher. We got the pitcher who ended up being a good setup guy for, for Cleveland when they played you guys in the World Series. Andrew Miller. Andrew Miller, but he wasn't a good starter for us. Um, oh, he, my he God. Was, I forgot yeah. about that. He was a starter for us. We had a, a catcher, a stupid catcher. Mm-hmm. And then we had the other pitcher who stunk. And then we had, um, uh, um, and then the Gellich trade too. We fucked up. Oh, yeah. I, I just saw, did you, maybe you retweeted something. I don't know. I just saw something that was like the four players that the Marlins got. Like, was it Lewis Brinson? I don't even know that guy, but who are the four players that they got? None of them are even with the organization anymore. No, yeah. Lewis Brinson was, Lewis Brinson was like terrible. Like, he was, he was so bad. Lewis Brinson, he was, he not only was he bad, but he he's like one of those things where he, he would never be allowed to be this bad anywhere else. Like he would have been sent down, but they kept trotting him out there. Um, his first year, he struck out like every every, every other at bat. <laughs> he was so bad, Lewis Brinson, and he was a hometown kid. Oh, fuck that guy. Oh fuck, that's that's good. Well, Fred, Fred, do you want to do you want to do you have time to do a quick starting five here? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, we'll we'll wrap through this because we want to we want to make sure we're uh, cautious of your time here. So, 
Again, this is just biggest upsets. It could be anything, anything you could think of that is associated with upsets. We'll go five rounds. We'll snake draft around. So Fred, as the guest, you can go first. All right. Well, Shakespeare in Love winning the winning the Oscar in '98 for Best Picture was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. I, mean, I don't even know if it's an upset. Like, is it an upset when someone wins an Oscar when they shouldn't? Yeah, of course. Yeah, but is that is that really an upset? If were they, you think they'd be plus money? Definitely, but because because people would pick because it, 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 it's an upset because but people but like people chose it from the committee. So it's no, like, it's an upset. If it's pl- listen, it, we'll say plus money. It. It's got to be plus money. On the upset, so some assholes just picked it. <laughs> it was rigged. Oscars are rigged. Sometimes that's how it, it works. Definitely rigged. It was definitely rigged. I mean, you, you got to see the list of movies that got snubbed that year. Fucking Shakespeare Love. Okay, um, that one. All right. So then, so how we'll do this, Fred? Is then Max will go. I'll go. Then I'll go again, and then Max, and then you, and then we'll kind of just like loop around. Does that work? Yeah, just tell me when it's my turn. Yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> I know we get lost in the snake every time. Uh, Max, go ahead. All right, easy first pick. I'm definitely stealing yours, Kyle. USA beating Russia in the next Olympics. Son of a <laughs> bitch. That's a layup. Oh, my God. That was. That's got to be the best upset, sports upset of all time. I thought, Fred, when I asked if you were going to pick or if you had an event that you wanted to go back to. I thought that that was the event that came to mind, like the USA versus Russia. Fuck them. Fuck Russia. But I mean, like you, 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 you kind of want to come up with better, and you kind of come up with, with more like a unique one in your head. You're trying to think of more unique one because USA Russia is so obvious. Yeah. Uh, no, you're right. So like, yeah. Uh, all right, my pick. I'm gonna go, and I know you probably had a field day with this one. I'm gonna go Falcons blowing a 28 to three lead to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that one. That was big that day. Um, that's got to be a big one. It's a nice one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, that was, was a tough one because during that Super Bowl, I was trying to put together a lot of different things. Um, and then, you know, I ended up getting in this rabbit hole with, like, Tom Brady shit. Like, uh-huh. um, yeah. the pre-Super Bowl stuff about, uh, you know, Tom, Brady, Tom Brady's going to win, Tom Brady, all that shit. And then it went backfired. So by the, end, by, by the time I got their second touchdown, maybe that in the fifth quarter, I started going back. I think that's actually the day I found out about your account because I absolutely hammered the Patriots. And I, I remember we were at Max's house. We, I was so pissed. And then they won. And one of my buddies sent me like your account. And I was like, oh, this is the best. And that's when I, it was yeah, love. It, it was love at first like. It would be fun to see, to see a, to be, it would be fun to see a progression of how the odds changed. Throughout that game, from when it was twenty-eight to three to the end, That's, yeah, my heart rate was high the whole time. I'll tell you that. Uh, and then yeah. my second pick here, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go UMBC over Virginia in the in March Madness. I it was at twenty eighteen, maybe sixteen seed beating a one seed. Yeah, sixteen over a one. That was a good one. Okay, next um, year up. All right, I'm gonna go. Uh, the Giants beating the Patriots in the uh, 2007 Super Bowl. I think they were 12 point underdogs. They were 12 point dogs. I, I almost had that one. That's a good one. Uh, all right. So, Fred, not, you have two picks here. All right. Well, one of them, I mean, if you're going to go back to championship games, there was a championship game in 1987. And the Fiesta Bowl, was, you know, Miami came in. They're supposed to be world beaters. Penn State beat them. 
still clearly inferior team. Um, and just all around, they, they won that game for the national championship. Hmm. Uh, Miami came up with army fatigues on their airport, uh, off the airplane. They were really, really, uh, Vinny Testaverde was like all world at the time. And Michael Irvin, they had all these guys. Yeah. And, uh, um, and they lost that game. Miami was, Miami used to play a lot of their national championships back in the, in the day in, the, in, the, in their home. So this was different for them. That was, um, that was a great, great call there. Yeah. So, uh, that one. And then, um, let's think. so we can go back to uh, the tournament. Um, you know, in 1985, Georgetown was like the greatest team of all time, one of them. And then Mutombo and Patrick Ewing, and uh, they lost. I don't know. If yeah, Fred know. said he wasn't prepared, but he's coming with, uh, with the heavy hitters. Right now. I say, fuck, Fred. Got all the answers. I think he's sandbagging us. He's sandbagging, son of a bitch. Villanova would beat Georgetown about 75% <laughs> for the field the national championship game. And they were like a nine seed, maybe. I don't know. But uh, they beat yeah. Georgetown. And yeah, they're they, an eight they, seed. I don't think there was a shot clock yet. They held the ball like fucking crazy. Um, that's, yeah, that's crazy to think that back in, and even as late as like the 80s, that there wasn't a shot clock in college basketball. That's bonkers. And when I first started watching college basketball back in the early 90s, early 90s, it was a 45 second shot clock. Um, mm-hmm. So Villanova's he, shooting he percentage back, in that game back to forty-five. Yeah, uh, offensive Villanova's uh, shooting percentage in that game was seventy-eight percent. Get the fuck out of here! Seventy-eight percent. Yeah, they barely shot either. They held the ball and they just made all their shots. It was, what was, it was how many? Can you see how many shots they took, Max? Yeah, I'll I'll look that up. That's crazy! Holy and shit! It was, like, it was just like it was a clear case of just like a team trying to. Do whatever it took to put their advantage and try to be, to be able to beat Tino's way better. Wow, that's crazy. Love a good uh, dog story. Max, you're up. All right, I'm gonna go the convicts beating the guards in the longest yard. No fucking way. That was my <laughs> next one. God damn it. Oh, we even movie upset. Paul yeah. Crew had had the boys uh, the boys buzzing with some schoolyard bullshit. All right. Wow. God Pretty damn. Good. All right, well, then, you know what? I'm going to take one that we mentioned earlier. I'm going just David versus Goliath. Nice. Strictly David versus Goliath. Take that however you will. I'm taking <laughs> that's how Because that's how I'm taking it. All right, so quick uh, update on the stats. Villanova shot 28 times that game. Georgetown shot 53 times. Come on. Yep. And Villanova won? Yeah, Villanova made 22 of their shots. Georgetown made 29. What was the, what was the final score? 66-64 Villanova. Oh my god. I love that's I mean, I love that, but that's wild. Um all right, and then so for my next pick, I'm going to go when the Cubs were down 3 to 1, that comeback, coming back from a 3 to 1 deficit to break a 108-year curse. That Fred, that's what we call around here pandering to our audience. Oh yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I like that one. You know, you know who was actually bigger favorites? I think the Patriots were bigger underdogs and giants were i mean for their first super bowl when they played the rams really yeah yeah they were weren't they 14 point favorite dogs yeah they're big dogs at that time the rams were like the the, the, oh, the jazz at that time um uh yeah so um right who's up max uh, uh 
I think it's me, Max, right? You go. Yeah. Max, you're up. Okay. Um, shit, I just had one that I was going to use. And real quick, Fred, you're right. They were uh, the Rams were 14 point favorites there. Right, right. Maxi, Pat. Yeah, why am I blanking so hard? I guess I'll go. Uh, I literally forgot what I was just going to say, but I'm going to go St. Peter's. St. <laughs> Peter's make, making it making it to the Elite Eight as a 15. That was a week. You know, the, the Kentucky game was was really big upset. With St. Peter's, it was just there was they had no business winning that game. I mean, I but Kentucky then, in my championship. I'm sure a lot yeah, of people. Um, and, and it was just it was it was an afterthought. I mean, like it couldn't even possibly possible happen. It's not even like they played lights out. You know, the, Kentucky had so many open shots, it was missing. Um, yeah, yeah. And then Fred, you have you have your uh, your final two picks here. Well, the biggest one. I mean, I was in third grade, fourth grade. Um, and it happened overnight. Buster Douglas knocking out Mike Tyson because oh, yeah. it That's happened a great overnight. One. And and it was, but but at the time, Mike Tyson was just an unbeatable person. And as a kid, like they really kind of kind of bought into, and they kind of made it out like he was just like a, not even a real man. Mm-hmm. He was beyond that. He was uh, like an unstoppable force, a monster. Like just like there was no way he could ever lose. And and when that happened, like he like, it was, it, was, it was insane. And you could just like go, but it happened overnight. Um, it was in Japan. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah um, that's a good one. And then, uh, what? And yeah, you have your last one here. Oh, the next one was, and I, you know, it's when you look at now and you don't think it's, it, it, it probably wasn't as big of an upset as it was thought to be. But when, you know, when Duke beat UNLV, it crushed him. Well, they didn't crush him. UNLV crushed Duke the year before. Just beat UNLV in the Final Four in 1991. It was Duke's first championship. And uh, UNLV was going to go back. They wanted to go back to back because they had, and they were undefeated. And they had uh, Larry Johnson and Greg Anthony and all those guys. And Jerry Tarkanian, and it was Jerry Tarkanian's like last year going to be the coach because um, he, he had been on all sorts of probation and everything, and he broke all these rules. But they allowed him to play in that tournament without any probation or anything. It was like a settlement they made. So, yeah, that's I. Well, that was a, then, that's uh, a little before our time. I mean, but yeah, UNLV was so crazy. They I always forget the- UNLV was like good. Oh my God! They were the team, and but they played in the Metro, which is a shitty ass conference. They always undefeated. At least yeah. those four, three, four years, especially when they got like Larry Johnson, who came from JUCO. Greg mm-hmm. Anthony was a hometown kid, I think. He was from Vegas, and then they had like all these other kids. And um, but they always he was always playing with the rules and everything. And um, and he they, they, the players were like like they really felt like outlaws. Like you know, they, by the end of the game, or like by by, by mid mid second mid first half, they did they were their shirts weren't even tucked in. Their shirts think, were all untucked. You think you think it helped to have the mafia on their side? Oh yeah, are you watching that show? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, they had everything. Tarkanian used everything he could possibly use. He threw everything out there. Listen, if you're not they, they were really good for a long time, you know, be. 
for the worst program ever before that. It's not really a big budget. Yeah. Um, uh, Max, you're up. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to go with a lamp. This is the one I forgot last round, but Red Sox coming back uh, against the Yankees down 03 in the ALCS. Oh yeah. You piece of shit. Yeah. I feel like you, <laughs> you just. Hot you upset, upset. Did I steal all your picks, Kyle? I mean, that was, I was kind of, when Fred mentioned that earlier, I was like, fuck, somebody's going to, somebody's going to take that in the draft right before me. I should have, <laughs> t- I thought it was going to sneak past to the final round here, but it didn't. Oh, well. Baseball is such an upset thing. Like, you know, you pitch bad game or whatever. It, it's a, play a whole regular season of all your 162 games and it comes down to three. Two. Yeah. You, yeah, you it's crazy. Yeah. Um, all right. My last pick. Shit. I had, I mean, all mine are like, you guys took all of mine. Um, <laughs> you could cry about it after the show. Yeah, which Wait. One? Uh, Ty, do you, Ty, do you have an honorary one you want to use for me here? Uh, no, I I didn't I even bother to think of a single one. I was just, so. just say an upset would be you graduating college, but <laughs> yeah. that, talk about pandering. Um, all right, I'll turning go, on his computer today. Hey, I'll go. I'll go three. This is I'm a hockey guy, Fred. I'm a diehard Hawks fan, but the, not that this is for the Hawks. But in 2010, the Flyers came back from a 3-0 deficit in a series. And then in game seven, they came back from a 3-0 deficit as well to beat the Bruins. So I'm going to go 2010 Flyers in the, uh, I think it was the Eastern Conference semifinals. That was such so pathetic. But then the Bruins did 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 another pathetic one with Toronto. The Bruins really kind of did the same thing as Toronto. Oh, that's um, a good one too. Yeah, when they yeah, were down, yeah, yeah, yeah. down four to one have, in game seven. I don't really watch hockey that much, but I have that in the, in the uh, everyone was tagged. I said, was it was it was it was it near was it around the time I saw the feed when it was it 2013? Uh, I think that was 2013. So it was, I didn't have the feed, but I just remember it. Kind of. Yeah, um, yeah, that one. You, uh, I bet you right now there was, there was an upset, there was an upset in hockey like the, the Lightning was so good. Like, I think it's 2018 against the Blue Jackets, they got swept. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's just that's what me to me like it makes hockey less credible. Like you just can get in the playoffs and then it doesn't matter. Once you get in the playoffs, anything can happen. I'll keep you honest on the hockey one, especially this year. Everybody's shitting on the Maple Leafs. The Maple Leafs haven't made it out of the first round in like a million years. I'm telling you, if they make it out of the first round, that is your field day. Because and if you get into the Canadian market there, they'll fuck those fucking Toronto Maple Leafs fans will love you. I know. If you just start exposing all these blue checks. But they, but the, but the, the Maple Leafs, they they always screw up. So like the official screw up. They're going no, and I think they're going to as I think they're going to as well. But hey, don't don't quote me on that. Uh, hey, we have the Fred. So good, Fred. Thank you so much for for joining us. Honestly, God, I mean, fuck, we thought we were going to go thirty minutes. We went a full hour here. This is yeah. the best. Uh, yeah. You're you're a recurring guest. You're going to have to come back on. We're once we're back on, we have, have a, a book a book coming out. You can see my tweet on my. Uh, oh yes, please. That's actually I have that written my, down. Uh, plug, plug your book real quick. My, uh, yeah, shout it out. My, it's on my. Pin tweet. Um, it's called Freezing Cold Takes NFL. It's, it's not like it'd be a list of Freezing Cold Takes. You go through, you kind of like put context in all the takes and kind of, I kind of write like stories about what was going on at the time and, and all throughout the stories, all these, all these different takes or like these, what was going on, all the different takes that are being made. So it's like different chapters and nice. um, various different teams are covered. I don't cover every team. I cover like the best situations that really fit to me 
but a lot from the past. Unfortunately, the bears aren't um, covered in a chapter because they really suck all the time. I, well, <laughs> I, I haven't, I didn't really do, yeah, I didn't really do any about like very few about like a team that people said they were going to be great and then stunk. Yeah. Because like, it's, it's, it's kind of like a whole chapter just shitting on somebody, shitting on a team. Mm-hmm. That's fun. It's always more fun when team says the team is going to stink and then they became good. Or stuff related to this team. And the Bears had the 85 Bears, but when I did my research, like everyone was all over them. They were so good. Yeah, they didn't there really surprise anyone. Criticism. There wasn't any criticism about them before. The, you know? <laughs> the biggest like, upset yeah. of that season was getting Walter Payton to do the Super Bowl show. Was losing to the fucking Dolphins. <laughs> Fred, you, Fred, I think was, what we learned about this whole was, thing is that you're McMahon our dad. Was, McMahon wasn't, wasn't, wasn't playing that game. Um, no, he wasn't. Whoever the was quarterback, it wasn't Tom Zach. It was someone we had, uh, No, it was Tim. Uh, what was his name? I know you remember. So we actually had, uh, we had Jim McMahon on the podcast, and he was telling us this whole story. He's like, how Dick uh, – Told him that like just a couple days beforehand that he wasn't gonna play, and he essentially was just like, "I right, fuck this," and he just went out and got shit faced in Miami the like the whole week. <laughs> right. I think it was Steve Steve Fuller. If I remember that right. was it. That was it. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. yeah we, had, we had McMahon on for about an hour, and he was just he was telling a lot of good stories too. That was a ridiculous upset and a ridiculous game. And the Dolphins. That was a good Dolphins team. They lost the Patriots in the playoffs, and it was uh this stupid ass game and terrible refereeing. Um, so, but uh, yeah, uh, that, that team was good. Dolphins team was good. It probably should have been playing Bears again in the Super Bowl. Yeah, so, when, when is it? I see them. Well, you probably <laughs> I see in your profile, the book's available for, for uh, pre order. When is it actually when's it actually available? August. August. Yeah. So, nice. you can order for pre order now, yeah. Um, but August will be when comes out love that cool. well we'll, de- we'll definitely i'll definitely do you have a hey, is it is there audiobooks i kind of stink at reading but if you have an audiobook i'd be a million percent um <laughs> i don't know about the audiobook yet sorry right, I'll, I'll, um, I'll take an adderall i'll take an adderall it's not a big deal i would be someone else doing it too i'm not cool enough to to, to, to narrate it myself maybe we'll get jim mcmahon he, he kind of <laughs> likes us we were talking about smoking weed with him so maybe he i don't know if he'll remember us <laughs> Oh yeah, Jimmy McMahon is from Orm, Utah, right? He's he's yeah. He must have loved growing up in Utah. Uh, um, all right, uh, that sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Copy about. Well, I'll come back on around the time of the book. Okay. Yeah, so perfect. Yeah, I'll, yeah, well, I'll we'll have you back that. on in August then. We'll talk about the Cubs making their NL Central push. Yeah, right. And how they're how the Marlins are selling off. Oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> I guarantee. You. Yeah, we um, we got we 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 sign we always sign guys too like tricky contracts. Dude, we just signed Solaire, Solaire, former Cobb, we have Solaire, three year deal that he's got an option after year one, so it's really only a one. Um, yeah, I know. I would have liked him on the north side here, back on the north side, but he stinks in cold weather. He's built. I was going to say he's he'll, literally he'll built do, for Miami. He'll do well down there. It's year round. Take the over yeah. on his April home run total. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe it's mad because he's. Jazz, Late spring Jazzy, our friends now. Jazzy's up. Jazzy's up. Another home. <laughs> Jazz Chisholm. 
Yeah. <laughs> jazz. <laughs> Love jazz. Second year guy. Jazz. Right? I'm wearing a Kane County Cougar shirt. He he was a legend there in Kane oh, County. Oh yeah, Kane County. Here in the Kane North. Single A Marlin staple. Yeah. Uh, We're like uh, Beckett and Nelson Cruz. Not that he was with the Marlins, but Dempster, Miguel Cabrera, all those guys. I think yeah. what's his name came through there too. I think our first ever game was maybe in Kane County. Uh, no, I'm not sure actually. John Lynch threw the first ever pitch for the Marlins Lion Lion Briner League. Yeah. John Lynch, the, the, the football player. Niners GM. Yeah. 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 He, was, he was a pitcher, a pitcher for the Marlins and, and um, in minors. And he, the summer league, I think it was, it was the first ever franchise game. He was a starting pitch. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I do. I don't know if that was with the Cougars, but I've definitely heard of that before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, it was, yeah. Why don't Shane, you, uh, something <clears throat> say, um, all right. Well, could, could you plug your uh, Twitter? Not that anyone doesn't know your fucking social media handles, but uh, go ahead and remind people what your handle is on Twitter, if you don't mind, for the old takes exposed and the uh, this day. Uh, at old takes exposed. Um, Bingo. <laughs> make sure make sure to tag Fred and all the obvious uh, all the Instagram, obvious happenings out there too. Freezing, Instagram <laughs> is freezing cold take. Um, and then there's. Uh, TDI sports clips for for um, Twitter. This day in sports clips for Instagram. Love um, it. And then yeah, I like to, I like your Chicago ones. I, I, I retweet them a lot. Um, I love it. Yeah, keep keep retweeting. We get we always get a little a little bump in followers when you retweet us. I love it. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's probably harder to come up with the, the internet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's harder too, especially when I'm just like on a, on a Saturday or Sunday and I wake up and I'm like just absolutely crippled from the night before. I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing this today. No, you got what you got to do is you got to go through like one day, you got to go through a good deal, like the best highlights in Chicago history, best game in Chicago history, and then let's put it in calendar. Schedule them, yep. Yeah, just yeah, schedule I have, them out. I have, I have, my calendar is just full. I've been doing that since 2008. My calendar has just like 10 entries for every single day. Uh, <laughs> let, me, let me tell you, Fred, I am. You you sound like a very organized person. I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum there. No, I'm not that organized. Not even wearing pants right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. All right, Fred, thank you so much for for coming on again. We'll have you back on in August. Sound good? Perfect. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks. All right, take care. Have a good one.